Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Psalms 18. Last Tuesday as I was ministering unto the Lord, the glory of the Lord fell upon me and instructed me to teach along these lines of His manifest presence. And of course, in obedience to that, we did that Wednesday night. Thursday, as I was waiting upon the Lord for direction and prayer concerning this service, our services today, He instructed me, and I, I, I'm sure you understand this, it wasn't a, uh, a voice that was loud or anything like that, it was just a perception that came to my spirit. In other words, do you ever look at somebody and give a look that they know exactly what you said? You ever look at your child when they've been in disobedience, just give them one of those good looks, and they know exactly what you said? It was like that, coming into contact with the Father's presence in such a way that in that place of communion, my heart picked up what he was saying, although I didn't hear words. It was just acknowledging something. And the words interpreted are like this. I want you to help me instill within the hearts of my people a fresh attitude, a fresh positive attitude toward my holy word. I want you to help me. See, we're co-laborers together with him. We work together with him. Instill within the hearts of my people a fresh, positive attitude toward my holy written word. Now, to instill just means to cause to enter drop by drop or to impart gradually. To cause to enter drop by drop or to impart gradually. Did you ever see someone being fed intravenously? Drop by drop. Drop by drop. But it gets in there, doesn't it? See, the same thing is true here with regard to God's holy word and teaching of it. Drop by drop. Gradually, God's word can gain momentum within our lives. And you say, well, why? Does that have to be? Well, when I was a young child in the Lord, I was 24 years old, but when I was young in the Lord... My attitude towards God's holy word was tremendous. I had a tremendously positive attitude toward the holy written word of God. I mean, I was just adamant about it. I said, people would just try to argue with me about the truthfulness of God's holy word. I was just adamant about it. If God said it, that's it. I had this one Baptist friend. He's questioning me along the lines of healing. And, and saying, you mean to tell me that if you prayed for your daughter and your daughter didn't get healed? What would you do? I looked him square in the eye, eyeball to eyeball, and I looked at him right in the face. And I said with as much fervor as I could possibly muster up, I said to him, 
if my baby is not healed, and Lisa was just a baby then, I said, if she is not healed, when God said, lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover, I said, then God is unjust, he's a liar, get the book and throw it away. And he just looked at me. Beloved, we can't lose that. My brother and my sister, we can't lose that. That is an attitude that every child of God should maintain in his Christian experience. But because of time, time is not to our advantage, my brother and sister. Time works against us. The enemy will use time to do what? To slowly but surely cause our attitude towards God's holy word to change. To where our attitude is stale. A stale attitude towards the word of God. And if we're not careful, that means all of us, no matter who we are. This one individual had a tremendous teaching ministry. Studied the Word of God, gave himself to the study of God's Word, showed himself approving to God. But eventually, people began to see that his ministry began to drop off. And if you would just take and evaluate his life, you find out that the man just began to depart from what God's Word had to say. Just began to preach on his past experience. He turned professional, theatrical in what he had done and what he was doing. He lost that deep interest in the Holy Word of God. And because of it, he lost the anointing of God that was upon his life. It wasn't as strong and powerful. He lost out. People lost out. His ministry was no longer effective. He no longer studied the Word of God like he should have and no longer prayed like he should have. And aligned himself himself with the Word of God like he did in times past. See, if we're not careful, no matter who we are, you could be a great teacher of God's holy word. But you see, time is not on our side unless we use it properly, unless we maintain our proper attitude. And if we're not careful, our attitude can become stale. Now, write it down. Stale just means this. Impaired in vigor or effectiveness. Stale just means impaired in vigor or effectiveness. And you know, when we don't have that vigor, when we don't have that strength, that effectiveness, that force behind us that motivates us to get a hold of the Word of God, to look into it, to desire to want to have it alive within our lives, when we lose that, then our faith life loses its vigor and its effectiveness. And although we know what God's Word says up here in our heads... It is not a living reality within our lives any longer. We can quote the scriptures, we know what they say, but we are not experiencing reality with God in and through His holy written word. So we need to be very careful that it doesn't become stale. That our attitude towards God's word is not impaired in in vigor and effectiveness. It concerns me when I see people who, who, who lose that longing desire to get a hold of the truth of God's Word or to get into God's Word and study. Because, you see, I know that God works in the realm of His Word and through His Word and in His Word and by His Word. 
And although people want miracles and want results in their prayer life, they can't get it without having a positive faith attitude. And you can't have a positive faith attitude without having a good positive attitude towards God's holy written word. And beloved, if, if you're out there and you say, well, you know what, boy, that just fits me to the T. Somehow I just find myself not looking at the Word of God like I once used to. Somehow I don't see myself with that energy in my spirit, that motivation and that force within my spirit that caused me to desire to study God's Word, to look up those words, to find out what God is saying unto me, to invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what God's Word is saying to me at this present hour. If you're out there, I want you to know something. This message is designed to create within us a fresh, positive attitude towards God's holy word. And if you'll just sit back right now and receive the word of the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit to open up your understanding and to touch your very heart, it will be effective in creating that attitude within you once again. Shall we pray? Father, we come before your presence in Jesus' name, looking unto you to enlarge our capacity to receive revelation knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Looking unto you by your Spirit to touch our very lives, that we may walk from this place as changed individuals whose desire it is to study your holy written word. I thank you, dear Father God, for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word in demonstration of the spirit of power, that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. Our attitude towards God's holy word will determine the place that God holds within all of our lives. If we have a strong, positive faith attitude towards God's holy written word, God will live big within and through our lives. If we have lost that attitude, if it's become stale, we will lose out in our reality with Him. Spiritual things will become indistinct and it will seem as though that God is miles away from us. And for this reason, the enemy would distract us to take us away from having that zeal towards God's Word. To prevent us from maintaining this positive faith attitude. To prevent us from experiencing this reality with the Father. Mark it down. The Bible is not just another book. The Bible is not just a mere book. The Bible is the inspired, holy, written Word of God. Holy men of old were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And they began to write as they were inspired. Words of revelation, words of inspiration that are alive and full of power. And those things were recorded in what we call the Bible, the Holy Written Word of God, which contains good news for you and for me. God's Word is not just a mere book. That is, the Bible is not just a mere book. 
It is a revelation from God to man and God's primary way of speaking unto each and every one of his children. He has other methods, he has other ways, but the primary method and the primary way that God speaks to each of his children is through the holy written word, the Bible. And you see, when we lose sight of that, when we forget about that, and just try to get out there and just be led of the Spirit, apart from having that strong faith attitude in God's holy word, then what we end up doing is finding ourselves entering into air. Wildfire, fanaticism, emotionalism, getting caught up and doing some things that are apart from what God's holy word truly says. We must maintain the attitude that God speaks to me directly, primarily through his holy written word and his word offers to me and to all of us all the solutions that we need to have to the problems of life. God's holy written word is a book of reality. A book of reality. A philosopher is a searcher after reality. He, he wants to find reality. And when a person finds out that God's holy word is a book of reality, he stops searching and stops seeking because he knows that Jesus is the reality. And within the pages of this book, we have all the reality that we'll ever need to have in life. There is reality in this book. Not just religious experience, but reality with the living God is contained within the pages of this holy writ. Can you say amen? And are you thankful for it? God's holy uh, written word, the Bible, is also a book of life. Every single day that we live upon the face of this earth, we are consciously aware of the fact that one day we will die physically. We are consciously uh, faced with calamities and tragedies and, and all kinds of things and circumstances that take place that are terrible in the lives of human beings. Just put on your radio. Just put on your, your television. Pick up a newspaper. Listen to the news report. All they report is the bad news. All the bad things that happen throughout, throughout the world. That's all you're going to find out anymore. Listening to a radio broadcast. The news and the, reading the newspaper. Very little of it is good. Well, beloved, God's words are containers of life. If you're tired of being associated with the things of death, if you're tired of listening how many people are being destroyed with cancer and AIDS and all that other stuff and all the wars that are going on, I invite you to open up the holy written word of God. Look into it with me and you will find life contained within its pages. And your whole countenance will change. Your whole attitude will change. And you'll rise up in the morning and you'll say, It's a good world to bring a child into because there's power with God. There's faith in God. There's life in God. And I need not be afraid of what's happening out there in that world. For greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. There's life in it. God's Word, the Bible, is a book of love. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone needs to be loved. Everyone wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to have fellowship. Wants to have friendship. Wants to be cared for. Doesn't want to be rejected. Well, beloved, I've got good news. Contained within the pages of this book, you will find ultimate love. Absolute love. 
You'll be so loved by God the Father, that love will come upon you in such a manner, you'll sense such a warmth of the love of a living God, it will revolutionize your entire life. It'll just drip off you like honey, and it'll get off on all those who are in your presence. Your life will be fulfilled in love if you look through the pages of this book to find it. The Holy Bible. If we're not being loved, it's because we're not angering that realm of love in God. Beloved, you'll find love in this book. This is not just a mere book. No, this is a book of instruction and teaching, unveiling unto us the ways and the thoughts of God, enabling us to walk in light of the operation of kingdom principles and the operation of faith with power. And if we truly want to learn how to operate on a higher plane of law, then we'll enter into the realm of of the Word of God and we'll learn through the pages of this Holy Writ how the law of the Spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death, and we no longer have to be dominated by that law of sin and death, but we can rise up to a place as we are instructed to live our lives up there where that law sets us totally free from any law that exists down here. God's holy written word is not just a book of reality and love and of life and instruction. It is also a book that reveals to us the very Father heart of the living God. God, our Father, although He is the Creator of all things, is more than anything else a Father God. And He loves every one of His children dearly. He cares about them affectionately. He is concerned about each and every life. And if you'll just get a hold of the written Word of God, you'll find out for yourself that His heart has been exposed and He loves you and cares about you and is concerned about your life in absolute, complete detail. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. I know it so because I read it in the holy written Word of the living God. It is a book that unveils to us the Father heart of God. It unveils to us the faithfulness of God. When you got up this morning, do you realize you got up because of the faithfulness of God? For if it were not for His mercies, we all would be consumed. But great is His faithfulness. Can you say amen? Say it with me. Great is our faithfulness. Great is our faithfulness. And I'll tell you what, if you ever want to find out about faithfulness, just look into the holy written word of God. Our God, our Father is a faithful God. He is not an infidel. He is faithful to provide what we need to be sustained throughout each and every day that we live upon this earth until we depart to be with Him in glory. Can you say amen? It's also a book that reveals to us the almightiness of our God. It's not just a religious book. This book has been provided for us so that we can understand what is written, so that we can know about the almightiness of our living God. 
Beloved, our God is not a puny little carved out pagan God carved out of wood that we stand around and chant to. No, the God that we serve is the God who is the creator of all things, the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that are in them is. The God that we serve is the God of all the universe, the God of all mankind. He is great. He is mighty and powerful and all full of wisdom. He is omniscient, omnipotent. He's everything we'd want him to be. And nothing is too difficult for him. No matter what our need may be, no matter what circumstance we face in life, we can know that God is almighty. He is El Shaddai, the God of plenty. He's more than enough. And you'll find that out just by looking through the pages of this holy written word. If we don't know that, it's because we've lost our attitude, the proper attitude that we should maintain towards this holy word of God. I don't know what this will do for you. It excites, it excites me. I've got excitement and anticipation inside my spirit, man. I see lives changing here just this morning, right now. Beloved, it's not only a book that reveals to us the almightiness of God. It's also a book that reveals to us the mercy of God. He looked down from his holy habitation. He saw us in our dreadful state. He saw us damned throughout eternity. And he had mercy upon us. Did not give us what we deserve. But praise God provided for all of us a way out. And if that doesn't make you shout, nothing will make you shout. Thank God for his mercy. If you want mercy, look to the holy word of God. And beloved, you'll find out that God, your father, is a merciful God. Whose mercies end not. They're upon you right now, all of us. And he is faithful to that mercy. So faithful that he's provided grace, not giving, giving us something that we don't deserve, which is the power of his operation to get us out of the state that we were in. God's holy written word reveals to us and unveils to us the very glory of the omnipotent Father. And we can go on. And these are just some things that spoke, the Lord spoke by His Spirit to my heart. I just jotted them down. Just, 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 I'm having fun. I know about you. I was just having fun writing them down. I'll tell you right now. God's Word reveals to us His wisdom. You ever stop and think about the intricate details of putting a human body together? You ever stop and think about the intricate details of holding a universe out there in the sky? This book unveils to us that man can even begin to understand the cords that hold the, the planets out there. The earth. All the planets in, in the solar system. Glory to God. I'll tell you something else. You ready for this good one? This book reveals to all of us and unveils to all of us that there's a blessed hope. That book contained within its pages reveals to you and to me that death is not the end. It provides for every individual person who's alive upon the face of this earth a blessed hope if they'll just come to Jesus. It reveals to us that no, when one dies, it does not mean he enters into slow soul sleep and he's out there in the sky somewhere, in the universe out there, outer space somewhere, just floating around until one day he comes back as a dog or as a monkey. No, blessed be God. It, it, it's not, it's not the end where a person enters into, in, in, into the grave and he's just dead like a dog. Just right there. That's it. That's it. That's the end of it all. Like so many believe. Beloved, you want to get your thinking straightened out? Just look to the holy written word of God because contained within his pages we have revealed to us a blessed hope. Where'd you find that out? Right here in this book. First Thessalonians chapter 4 says there is coming a day, glory to God, when Jesus, the Son of God, is going to split the clouds of glory. 
And when he does, he's going to come with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. He's going to blow that trumpet so loud, all the graves of those who are dead is going to open up. They're going to rise up out of the grave. The glory of God's going to catch them up, change their bodies. They'll be incorruptible. They'll be glorified. And those who are alive or many upon this earth, they're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And we're going to have ourselves a party in the heavenlies throughout the eternal ages. Can you say amen? That's right in here. I found that in here. Did you? It's turning me on. What about you? If we can't shout about this, we have no business shouting about anything else. Let us not lose the attitude that we once had when we first came to God and we found out. Did you see that? First Thessalonians said, when I die, it's not the end. My loved one who died way back when, it's not the end. I'm going to see them again someday. Hallelujah. The Bible says it right here. I'm excited about it. Then go tell somebody it's a blessed hope. Comfort somebody with those words. Oh, beloved, do you see that? Don't lose that. Don't lose that for a moment. It is a book that reveals to us our redemption and our ability to stand before the Father's presence without a sense of guilt, inferiority, sin consciousness, or condemnation. It reveals to us that we are kings and priests of the Most High God, washed from our sins in His own blood, and we are productive fruit-bearing branches in the vine. That's what it reveals to you and to me. It's an answer book. It's a solution book. It provides answers to hard problems, to hard questions, and solutions to every difficult problem we can face in life. And the reason why many are not finding the answers and the solutions to their questions and problems is because they have stopped looking and leafing through the pages of this book. And they're just carrying on with life. They've lost that attitude. Well, I'll just go out there and bear it. Oh, no. Don't bear it. Look to the Word of God. He'll solve the problem. Look to the Word of God. He'll answer your question. But it's difficult. It's hard. It doesn't matter. His wisdom is infinite. He knows exactly what we should do, when we should do it, how we should do it. Let's not forget it. And beloved, if it's not absolutely stated right here, right here in the Word of God, this is what you should do. I guarantee you that there is something written within the pages of this holy writ that will instruct you how to get into the Father's presence so that He will speak to you by His Spirit and reveal what you should do in your time of need. But it's all right here in the holy written Word of God. It's also a revelation of triumph and victory. Contained within the pages of this holy written word of God, we have revealed to us that Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It reveals to us that he destroyed Satan, brought him down to naught. He made a show of him openly, triumphing over him, and that our adversary, the devil, is a defeated foe. It is a book of triumph. It's a book of victory, revealing unto you and to me that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It reveals to you and to me that we don't have to let the devil walk all over us, but we can tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt hurt us. 
It is a book that reveals that we are more than conquerors through Him that loves us and we are overcomers even by our faith. Love never fails and faith enables us to overcome. It's a book of triumph and victory. It tells you and me what? That our lives are continual pageants of triumph diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ every single place we go. You ready for this one? We'll get to our scripture here in a minute. Psalms 18, we'll get to it in a minute. It's a handbook of the future. It's a book of the past. It's a book of the now. It's a book of the future. You want to know what's going to happen before it happens? Pick up that holy Bible. Look within its pages. Not only do we know that it's not the end, that there's going to be a family reunion, there is going to come a time when the devil will be cast into the bottomless pit. And he will never have any more contact with human beings upon the face of this earth again. And there's going to be eternal bliss. We're going to have everything. There's not going to be any need of the sun or the moon or the stars because the glory of the Father and of the Lamb is going to dwell in the midst of the people of God. And the warmth, you see, will come from His very heart, His very presence. We won't need all those things. Are you ready for this one? It reveals to you and to me that yes, we realize we're seated with Him in heavenly places, but you know why? That in the ages to come, He's going to put on a show. He might show. He might demonstrate. He might display the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us. It's a book that offers unto all of us Insight to the revel- to the future. Revelation to what's going to take place in the future. And did you get that? God's going to put on a show. A display, a demonstration of how much He really loves us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I said all this to get to this. Look at Psalm. And take a look at verse 30. As for God... I don't know about as for you, or as for man, or as for me, but I'll tell you what, as for God, His way is what? As for God, His way is perfect. The Word of the Lord is tested, underline that word, and tried. The Word of the Lord is tested and tried. Tested means subjected to critical examination, observation, evaluation. As for God, His way is perfect. Man's way is not perfect. But as for God, His way is perfect. And the Word of the Lord. All of what I've been talking to you about, all that I said is contained within the Holy Writ, the Holy Bible, the Holy Written Word of God. Everything that's in there. As for God, His way is perfect. His Word. You see, you don't put a product out there on the market without first testing it, do you? 
No, even manufacturers of today know that all of what they produce must undergo careful scrutiny, examination, evaluation, observation. And then it must pass the test, you see, it must pass the test in order to be marketable. Otherwise, it's not of any value. What good is it if it's not productive, if it's not going to work? Well, beloved, look at what it says here. As for God, this way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested and the word of the Lord is tried or refined. Tested means that God's word has been subjected to critical examination, observation, evaluation. And the word tried means it has been found good, faithful, and trustworthy through that testing or through experience. God's word has been tested. God's word has been found faithful through careful examination, observation, and evaluation. God's words are flawless. God's ways are perfect. They've been tested. They've been found faithful. They've been found good. They've been found productive. You can bank on it. You can count on it. God's words and God's ways are perfect. That reminds me of a scripture in the book of Hebrews that talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. Why do you taste something? You test it, don't you? It's called a taste test. And you take only a tiny bit to determine whether or not you want the whole piece. And if it doesn't pass the test of taste, what do you do with it? If you're like any of my children, you just spit it out. Right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. They've tasted of the good word of God in Hebrews. Do you see what this says? Those people back there he's talking about that fell away, they tasted of the good word of God. They had a taste and they found out that it's good. But yet they still turned away, walked away. We've all been invited to taste. God doesn't just throw the whole thing out and just say, this is it. He says, go ahead and taste it. Find out. See if you like it. God's word's been tested and tried. How many of you have tasted that God's word is good? See, it's bread. It's good bread. It's food. It's good food. It's meat. It's good meat. Amen. It's good. Taste it. You'll want more. See, if you taste that good piece, you want more. You want to finish the rest of it. Well, it's been tested. It's been tried. And just like Jeremiah said, this is the attitude we should have towards God's word. His words were found. And I did what? Eat them. He took a little taste first. He said, boy, this is good stuff. He kept on eating. He kept on eating. He kept on eating. He kept on eating. He says, oh, this is good. And this word has become unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. When God's words are no longer the joy and the rejoicing of our heart, it's due to the fact that our attitude towards His word has become stale. But beloved, when we look into what God has said to us through His holy written word, and we are stirred up within our hearts, our attitudes will begin to change. And we'll begin to see, my goodness, how have I neglected such such beautiful statements of fact and of truth that have been revealed to me through the holy written word of God. How have I allowed myself to drift back into this place where I've become stagnant and stale, where I've lost that vigor, 
and that excitement and that force that drives me in to the study of God's holy word. No, it's been tasted. It is good. And I'll tell you something. Turn with me, if you would please, you're in Psalms. Go to 138. The result of it was this. Well, I'll tell you what. Hold your place there just for a minute. Hold your place there while you're turning. Hold your place right there at Psalms 18. Hold your place. Don't, don't lose it. And turn to Psalm 138. God says about His Word, regarding His Word Himself, this is what He says. He said that His Word is magnified above all of His name. He said, I watch over my Word to perform it and to make it good. He said, if I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the Son of Man I should repent, if I said it, I will do it. If I spoke it, I will make it good. In other words, if you can find where I said it, if you can find where I spoke it, then you know that I will do it, and you know that I'll make it good. Here in Psalms 138, verse 1, I will praise thee with my whole heart, before the gods will I sing praise to thee. I worship toward thy holy temple, praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, which is his word. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And that word that's been tested and tried is so refined that God saw fit to exalt it above His name, stating to you and to me that He will honor His word, He'll watch over it to perform it, and if we can find out wherever in this scripture He said He would do something for us, you can rest assured, you can be guaranteed beyond any shadow of a doubt that God will come through, He'll see to it that His word is made good on our behalf. As a matter of fact, going back to now, I want you to see this. In his word, he says in the latter part of this verse, verse 30, his word's been tested, his word's been tried, it is found good, faithful, and trustworthy. And he says, now listen, he is a buckler to all those that trust in him or trust in his word. A buckler, write it down, is a shield or a defender of the head and the heart, so that neither is wounded by the enemy. A buckler is a shield, or a defender of the head or of the heart, so that neither is wounded by the enemy. To all those who will get a hold of God's Word, who will get His Word inside their heart, who will believe and trust totally in His Word, that His Word is good, it is faithful, it is to be trusted. He says, then I will become to you a protector, a defender, a shield under your head, so that when those evil reports come to your head, you can look to my holy written Word and I'll protect your thought life. I'll protect those thoughts that would come into your mind, evil thoughts that would get you away from my Word and cause calamity in your life. I will protect your heart so that you don't lose your spiritual initiative, but that the force of faith is active and efficient inside your life to see you through unto the end till you get the end result of what your desire is. He says, I will defend you. I will protect you. I will shield you. I'll be your buckler. I'll be your refuge if you only put your trust in my word. Another scripture in Psalms 119, sharing with us, revealing to us, Truth pertaining to the Word of God. Psalm 119 is called the Psalm of the Word of God. And in verse 89, it reveals to us that as far as God is concerned, His Word is settled in heaven. The word settled in the Hebrew actually means it is eternal 
It is unchangeable. His word stands firm as the heavens. And to put it in the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 35, what he said is that heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will stand forever. What I have spoken, what I have said with regard to your spiritual well-being will stand forever. What I have spoken, what I have said with regard to your emotional, soulish, intellectual well-being will stand forever. What I have spoken, what I have said with regard to your physical well-being, with your material well-being, financial well-being will stand sure as the heavens and eternal forever. I will not have one word that's been brought forth out of my mouth to be changed. Every jot Every tittle is fulfilled. You can bank on it. Even though heaven and earth is removed, my word is settled in heaven. It's finalized. It'll never move. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, quickly, let's look through these. These are the things he said this year. In Isaiah chapter 55, what is God's attitude with regard to His Word concerning His holy written Word? In verse 6, Isaiah 55, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and He will have mercy upon him and, and our God He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. No, God's ways and thoughts are not our ways and thoughts. They are above our thoughts. They are above our ways. And His Word has been given unto us to reveal to us His ways and His thoughts. So that we need not live our lives as being governed by our own ways or the ways of man by our own thoughts. But we can rise up to a place where we can think like God thinks and we can act like God acts and operate in His ways. In kingdom principles by the word of faith and power. No, he says, come and seek them while they may be found. For as the rain come down from heaven and snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it grow or bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bring bread to the eater, so shall my word. This is God speaking concerning his holy word. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. In other words, His Word is not empty or void of power. It's alive, it's active, it's operative, it's energizing, it's effectual, it's effective, it is full of life-giving power, and it will accomplish the purpose of the Father's will. There's no ands, there are no ifs or buts about it. God said, my Word surely will accomplish my purpose in the earth. And if we will just align ourselves with what His Word has to say about our situation, about our condition, about whatever the case may be, He has assured us that His Word has enough power within it to see through unto the end. It will come to pass in this earth. That's what God says about His Holy Word. Psalms 119. Go back there real quick. And verse 160. What does God say with regard to His Word? And others, the psalmist inspired by the Spirit of God. Psalm 119 verse 160 says concerning the Word of God. The Word speaking about the Word. The Spirit speaking about the Word. The Father speaking about the Word. Thy Word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Thy word is true from the beginning. In the Hebrew, the word there is R-O-S-H, Rosh. And the word actually means from the beginning of time or from the head or from the beginning. The beginning of beginnings. And he's talking about from the beginning of the recorded word of God. From the book of beginnings, in other words. From the book of beginnings unto 
or through the entirety of the revelation of every righteous decree that has ever left the lips of the Father God, every one of your righteous decrees is truth and endures forever. We say it like this, from the book of Genesis unto the book of Revelation and everything in between, the word of God is infallible. It is absolutely true. God cannot lie. What he says is and what he said he meant, he'll do it. He'll perform it. It is absolute truth. And that's what that scripture is saying. His word is true from the very beginning. From Genesis to Revelation, there's no flaw. There's no fault in it. Every one of his righteous decrees, the sum of it, is all truth. The bottom line, when you put the line there and add it all up, every righteous decree that ever went forth out of the lips of God is, the bottom line is truth. The sum of it all is absolute truth. Even though we may depart from this life and enter that life and never experience it, the sum of it all is absolute truth. You know what Jesus said about it? He confirmed it. He said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is what? Thy word is what? It's truth. It's truth. Now I want to give us a scripture that is going to speak to every one of our hearts. John's Gospel, chapter 15. I want you to turn to it because this is going to be the setting for our discussion tonight. We're going to talk about operating in the Word of God tonight. I'm talking about operating in it, people. I'm talking about if God said all these things and these things are true, if He said that all things are possible to him that believeth, you know what? We should believe all things and believe for all things. We should have a high time in God. We are believers and not doubters, and we should experience the best that God has to offer every single one of us. Are you ready for it? This will be our close, closing scripture here. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, in my word d- abides, dwells, finds its lodging, its home in you. In other words, if you are in the vine, a branch in the vine, if you've been born again, if you're a child of God, and, don't leave the end out, and if what my word says pertaining to all the issues of life abide in you, ask what you will. The major reason why so many of God's people are defeated in life is because God's words are not abiding in them. You ask, people will ask for prayer for this or prayer for that, and you ask them, what does God's word say about that subject? Well, I know that's why I came to you. Those days are over. People of God, if you have ears to hear, listen, those days are over. What does God's Word have to say about the subject? But I want my body healed, brother. I just want you to pray for me. What does God's Word say about the matter? What scripture are you holding fast to? What did God say about it? Oh, does that really matter? I just want you to pray for me, brother. Yes, it really matters. But you're the preacher. You're supposed to study the Word of God. No. 
No, we are all the children of God. We are all disciples of Christ. What does God's word say about the matter? If you can get that person to come back next week and say, Brother, I'll tell you what God's word says about the matter. I went home insulted because you treated me that way. But I'll tell you what, you inspired me to get in to the holy written word of God. And I went home and I found out that Jesus was nailed to that tree for me. I found out he became the curse of the law. I found out he bore my sickness. He carried my pains as well as my sickness, as well as my sins. And also he bore that which is necessary for me to have peace of mind. I want you to know that I looked into God's holy word and Jesus said, said to me, whatever I desire when I pray, believe I receive and I will have. And God's word says, if I abide in him and his words abide in me, I'll ask what I will, it will be done in me. And although the doctor's given me the evil report and says I'm going to die, and although my friends around me say I don't look good, I want you to know that I don't go by feeling, I don't go by emotion, I go by my, my faith is in the holy word of God. And preacher, I'm not looking unto you, but I'm looking unto the unadulterated word of truth. And I know that what God says is, and God said it, it's so, and I am the he of the Lord and the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is dwelling in me and right now quickening my mortal body. That's what it says about it. I'll say, sister, I won't even pray for you. <laughs> As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Say it with me, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee, according to your faith, be it done unto thee. Now say it this way, all things are possible unto him that believeth the word of God. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. All things are possible to him that what? Believeth. What an attitude. What an attitude. What an attitude to maintain. No weapon formed against us can prosper. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. There's a solution to every human problem. There's an answer to every human question. I'm not to be led about in darkness. His words have given me light, revived me and given me life. His words are lamp to my feet. It's a light unto my path. It makes my way plain before me so that my steps are ordered before me. And I walk in the way of righteousness and in the way of truth. I will not deviate. I will not walk into the ditch on either side. All that I set my hand to do will prosper. Oh, my life is a continual pageant of triumph. You know what? If we just begin to walk in the light of the revelation of the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. 
Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.